Welcome to the Better Business Podcast, a series for those business owner operators who want to create a better business. Here are your hosts, Chris and Mark. Hello, listeners. It's Mark here again with the Better Business Podcast. Uh, the aim of this podca- bit of this podcast is not going to be particularly long. It's Chris and I are back together. Chris has listened to the I Don't Do Busy one we did recently and is going to add his thoughts into that because he's pretty much aligned. Well, obviously, he's aligned with me on that. Um, so the, in that podcast, our guest, Michael Ahi, raised several really interesting and salient points. I might point out at this stage that Chris and I are really big on this I don't do busy thing. And we both practice it as much as we can. As I said in the podcast, try interrupting Chris if he's playing golf. Michael raised three interesting points. One was, if you've ever heard a couple of CEOs talking to each other about how busy they are, it's hilarious because really all they're doing is getting into a busy off. The conversation is of no value and it just escalates into nowhereness. The other point uh, Michael Rose, which I really particularly like, and Chris is going to comment on this too, is how do you handle someone when they've got a huge list of things to do? And in that, Michael said, well, I don't really try and manage their time. I don't manage the busyness. I just go where the energy is. And um, Chris and I have often used a thing when we're coaching our clients, which is a very simple model but very elegant. It's called Be, Do, Have. And I'm just going to revisit that right now. So there you go, Pez. Um, do you want to jump into this now after you've had a listen to it? And uh... I love the don't do busy thing. And the best thing I love from that interview that we heard from you and Michael was the, the thing that really took me there was listening to you uh, admonish someone whilst I'm trying to interrupt your cannoli and coffee. Totally. Don't interrupt me when I'm doing a cannoli and coffee. <laughs> What why betide the person that gets you at a cannoli? You know what interests me about that though is that that the inference there is that their busyness is more important than mine. Well, it just isn't. Well, it's the judgment piece. It that is the judgment. It's, it's you're sitting there and someone's judging you for what you're doing because of of something that that they often are probably jealous of. They don't allow themselves to to actually experience what it's like just to savor the moment or not be busy or not be able to tell people how busy they are. And of course, the other thing people think is when you say that to them, that if you're doing that, you're not thinking about something that you're working on because invariably you are or your subconscious is anyway, if you're not thinking about it in your pre-brain conscious mind. Yeah. And I, and I, and I really like the, the um, point you were making about that um, notion about the subconscious mind repairing itself uh, during sleep and, and all this sort of stuff because who who really is effective when their mind is racing all the time? And I know that there's there's a distinction here around that idea that if you want something done, you give it to a busy person. There's a difference between effectiveness and energy and, and people that just love being busy or they're constantly overwhelmed with their task list. And I think that there's, um, like you said, th- this really valuable time that can be spent zoning out, just checking out, you know, have the coffee, but, but have your coffee, have your cannoli, have your, your morning tea, have your afternoon tea, whatever it takes just to clear your mind. People use meditation. Uh, some people just use a walk around the park, 
whatever it is, you do need this time just to zone out and realize that there is nothing so important. There's nothing so important um, that it needs to get in the way of your, your, your sort of effectiveness and, and the big picture stuff that you need to get done. I often wondered about those people who are really, really perpetually busy. If really somewhere in their subconscious, their thinking is it's a lot harder to hit a moving target. Therefore I'll stay busy. <laughs> well, and, and, and like you mentioned, and, and it's a really deep topic as, as Michael alluded to that idea that uh, people defining themselves by their, by their busyness or by their task list or by how important it might make them feel. So, you know, we do come across, a lot of people uh, in our profession who will define themselves by by what they do, like you said in that be do have framework. It, you're not defined by what you do. You're not defined by what you have. You're generally defined by the mindset that you take into your your life or your work or your family life or wh- whatever it is. And and that's that being state. Who are you being? Because that that will, that will dictate everything else. Two things I'd raise there. It, it, in that I've sat with Michael, not a lot, but quite a bit, and he gets a lot done. But when you're sitting with him, he makes you feel like you're the only person in the room. Yeah, he, he's, you know, like he said in that um, intro when he spoke about his, his various, um, you know, his appointments and his uh, directorships and how, how much stuff he has on his plate. And I wholeheartedly agree there's, there's very few people that you you get to meet over time that um, have an over like uh, if you like a task list or a priorities list that would make make most people's um, eyes roll in their head. Um, but he never seems you never seem like he's that busy. And every time I've spoken to him over the last few years, it's it's usually been more about um, the next uh, car racing event he's going to or the next holiday he's taking with the family. Uh, to go and usually some motorsport involved at the end of that as well. Um, and he's just really someone who's, I mean, you know, our listeners don't know, he, he, he plays music. Uh, you yeah, know, he's in a band. He, he's in a band. He, he has hobbies. He's, he just gets that balance right. And if, um, if there's one thing that I can share, and, and it's not, um, not to embarrass Michael at all, but as, as someone, he, he's a deeply spiritual person. And the overwhelming feeling you get when you when you meet Michael and, and you work with him and, and around him is that nothing is going to get in the way of the lessons that he's learnt from his um, his spirituality in terms of managing his energy and and helping the people around him and, and I think that all that does is completely dictate the way he shows up. It does dictate the way he shows up, and as just going to that point I made a minute ago, when if you're sitting with him you feel like you're the only person in the room, which is a huge skill. Yeah. I might also point out here to the listeners that you have a bit of a cannoli habit yourself. Well, are you, are you judging my waistline? Don't know. Far be it for me to do that. <laughs> you can if you want. I've got no shame. If, no, I've if, got no shame when it comes to cannolis. Either. If someone said to me, I can live to 95 without cannoli or live to 88 with just as much cannoli as I can eat, I'll, I'll go to 88. I'm with you on that one. Yeah. There's another thing. Um, this is a bit of a tangent to what we're talking about, but it's on this, really in the same topic is I love people with bucket lists because that's, I don't love them at all. That's irony. I really dislike a bucket list. Yeah. Um, because that's that whole busyness thing. 
like I've got this bucket list. My bad language alert here. Uh, my copywriter friend who you've heard me talk about decided to create a fuck it list of things he wasn't going to do. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love it. Come up with that list. Walk the cocoa track, get dysentery and be be eaten by leeches. Nah, fuck it. Yep. Fair enough. Yep. As long as you can end end the sentence with yeah, nah, and then effort. I reckon that's, that's great. Yeah. (laughs) Band language over now people. Yeah, but you know, you know the, the it's a funny thing you say there because uh, a couple of years back I, I went and played some of the um, you know the the really the marquee golf courses around uh, Pebble Beach, and it, you know when when I was talking <laughs> about that trip as I was coming back, oh the, you know oh was that that's a bucket list thing you can tick that off, and I said no, I'm going to go and do it as much as I possibly can. It's not. Uh, I don't, I'm not ready to die now just because I've done it. And I really hated that conversation. Yeah, that's and the thing with bucket lists. And that's, that's the whole thing about it is it takes out the lovely spontaneity of just going, oh, I think I'll do that. Yeah. Oh, now it's a bucket list. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tick it off. wish yeah. that movie was never made, damn it. Now I'm getting angry. <laughs> yeah. There's enough anger in the air today, Pez, particularly politically. Yes, we, we should um, we should just allude to the listeners that we're probably going to have a new prime minister in the next few minutes, and it's really it's such an inspirational process, and and really full of leadership, and you know good um, good governance, and and something that and Australia good morals. Don't on. forget your, yeah yeah the good morals that are all floating oh, around in there too. Not ethics, morals, uh, you name it. Uh, really inspired by the the uh, happenings today. Mm. Um. Back to Michael is, or back to busyness or not being busy. Um, I'm, I'm assuming you've account, encountered quite a few clients that really do the busy thing. Yeah, and more and more encountering clients that um, value the uh, headspace and mindset of not doing busy. Putting, putting. Well, here's the thing, and, and this is the thing I was just really attuned to listening to that discussion and. and by now, probably the listeners have worked out that this is just a free-form discussion and we're more or less just dissecting your chat with Michael. But um, the thing that really occurred to me is that when you find those people in, in your life that make the switch to putting all the big things first, and when I say the big things, it's it's instead of saying, oh, when I've done this, I'm going to go on a holiday. They say, I'm going to book a holiday and I'll just make sure everything around me will be okay. And we alluded to it in a, in a recent podcast where we were saying how often uh, business leaders and business owners will go away on that holiday and they'll come back and go, gee, everything actually worked really well. Um, what what we, I, I just love seeing is that whole notion that, that people just put the big things first, um, get those big chunks uh, planned for and the things that inspire them and they love doing, and then they adjust their work life to fit in which usually means giving away a bunch of stuff that you don't need to do, which ironically is the stuff that you say, I'm so busy doing. And let the, let the people who are the right people in the business do it because that, that's their journey too, to, to take on some of that stuff and more responsibility. I, th- I think you've hit a really excellent point there. And it is the thing with business owner operators is that they can often think I'm so important in the business and I'm so busy. I just simply can't take a holiday. And when they do, they experience exactly what you said, that the right people step up and do what they need to do without any fuss. They're not being controlled and everything invariably 
ticks along just beautifully. Yeah, and it's not just the business owners and leaders. It's also um, collectively building a culture within your organisation that values. Um, one of the things that Michael referred to was his what was it four and forty five? I forget the actual numbers. Yeah, yeah, put around it, it's um, four days a week. Uh, forty five weeks of the year. A year he works. Yeah, yeah. So building. I've, a, I've um, talked to him. Yeah. Just prior when he was doing one of these, he was off to America with his family to have a fantastic holiday, and it just fitted into his the seven weeks he didn't work. Yeah, that's um, Austin. The Austin Grand Prix must be coming up. Um, <laughs> the yes, but that that on that point of building a, an organisational culture around it is that you can have these discussions in your business, in your teams, to really look at what is going, what is the most effective use of our time. And the thing that I, that always amazes me is that, and you especially see this with um, uh, women that that come back from or are on maternity leave where they are still doing some part-time work for that organisation, where they might only have a few hours in the day between feeds and, and all this sort of stuff that they have to do to look after their baby, they actually become really, really effective. And in, a, in some instances, they can get a whole day's work done in just a few hours. And yeah, I've seen that. It's extraordinary watching yeah. mothers that might work three days a week even. Yep. Man, are they efficient. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's interesting that once you start getting a few examples of this sort of this sort of um, uh, cadence of work in your organisation, you can you can start to ask some bigger questions and saying, well, what is the most effective use of our time? What if we were just really busy being efficient instead of being busy, and and then uh, adjusted our working hours to energise ourselves and get back to that point that, that Michael spoke about around managing energy rather than managing time or managing task lists and, and managing busyness. Um, it's just one of those those things that's going to be a horses for courses depending on type, type of industry you're in or the type of work you do. Um, it's a really important conversation to, to look at in your teams and understand if you're going to truly manage the energy of the team, the efficiency becomes an, an, an outcome of that rather than trying to manage efficiency. Uh, the, oh, there's a, a thousand things to say there and it is about managing the energy. There's a whole thing on teams, which I think you've listened to about super chickens. Um, it's not for this podcast, but that is in essence about managing energy. Great TED talk. Oh, it's a, an amazing TED talk. It's a good one um, just for the listeners out there to, to type that in, you know, TED Talk Super Chickens. Yeah, if you think you want superstars in your team, you'll be thinking again after listening to this one. I did, um, I was talking to my wife about this um, and she said, she asked a really good question, of course, which is what happens on your to-do list if you've got really urgent things to do, as in have to, have to be done things. Yep. My response was, well, if you've got no energy, firstly, just take a small break until you have got your energy back and then go and attack them. Uh, they have to be done, and there are things that do have to be done, regardless of whether you want to do them or not. But if you're really struggling, you know, just take a break, get your energy where it needs to be, and then go and attack them. Uh, any thoughts? Yep, exactly that. If they have to be done, just get them done. And it's amazing that uh, quite often, I was just talking to a client yesterday saying that when we did a reno on our house, I, I did a big um, wall of whiteboard paint in, in the study. So you can just draw on the walls. 
And it's amazing how many times um, there'll be a number of things to do, a number of client matters to to manage, uh, personal matters, um, just, you know, some of the, the things around to do with, you know, the weekend activities with the kids and who's going where, all that sort of stuff. You list it all out on the board and you say, okay, what's the one, what's the most urgent thing now that's going to sort of release all the rest of them? And before you know it, within half an hour or 45 minutes, you've probably cracked through 80% of the list. <laughs> Whereas when you sit there and, you, and you, you're uh, just engrossed in how busy you are and, and how overwhelming this list is, you can basically stare at the wall for the whole day. Yeah, you can sink so, actually, can you? You just sink and then you go, oh, well, I can get to it all tomorrow. I'm just too busy yeah. now. Um, so energy breeds energy as well. So once you, once you get into the habit of, of knocking off some of the most important things, you, you tend to find that some of the rest of them start disappearing really, really quick. And it's not because they, they just don't become important anymore. It's just that you, you actually knock through them without even noticing. And, and without getting into a whole long-winded discussion around time management and all this sort of stuff, but... No, I'm not going to do that. No, no, I mean, I, I kind of hate that whole notion anyway around time management. I remember a few years back, I was um, changing computers over and, you know, that whole thing around your emails and what, what sits on the old hard drive and what's got to come across and all, all that sort of stuff. And in the end, I, I sort of just said, you know what, can't be bothered with working out where, where all these emails are going to sit. I'm just going to delete my whole inbox because there were all these <laughs> excellent, hundreds, excellent. hundreds of hundreds of um, unread emails and I had this sort of uh, uh, sort of this uh, out of body experience where I sort of said you know what anything that's important will come back to me and I, I think over 400 unread emails and I just deleted the whole inbox and started it fresh and over the next few weeks oh maybe maybe a dozen maybe half a dozen or a dozen of those came back and just said, hey, still awaiting a response on this or you need to uh, pay this by then, otherwise something gets cancelled. And all of a sudden it was just it was just the really important stuff came back. Because Cleansing, I, wasn't it? It was marvellous. It was absolutely wonderful. And, and it just taught me that lesson around you, you can just get stuck in this whole idea of being overwhelmed by how busy you could be if you just responded and reacted to everything. Or you can just go go forward and be the person you need to be for your for your team or your employees or your family or whatever it is, and um, the rest of it will just follow. I do something. I think on that very point, I do. I think I got this tip from you actually, Chris, which is I open my mail over the rubbish bin. <laughs> no, you wouldn't have got that of... from me because I don't open mail. <laughs> Maybe you used to. It, it wouldn't have been me. No, no. There's a very, very uh, clear rule in our family that I don't open mail because yeah, I do it over the bin, and a lot of it goes in the bin. Let me tell you. Um, to round this out, mm. what what was the big takeaway for you? Uh, just that, just that the, the um, Michael is the living, breathing example of what we discuss in that be do have framework. So, if just for listeners out there, it's a, it's an easy one to look up. It's it's a hard one to apply. And sometimes a hard one to get your head around because it, it is the opposite to the way we've generally been um, developed over our lifetimes in, in schooling and business and just general generally the way we view, um, if you like, a materialistic life that we lead. But the, the beauty of it is, is if you just look it up and get, get your head around um, those that notion of be, do, have rather than have, do, be, the headings that I like to swap it out of is, is mindset action result. So that way, you can, when you look at the being state, it's actually a state of mind. 
you know, who do I have to be? How do I have to show up? Uh, what is just for the next period? And often we do this in 100-day plan um, situations, Mark, when we're working with clients. For the next 100 days, what is the mindset that I have to bring to every situation in order for, for this, um, this actions list to get done? That, and that's all you have to look at. Don't get caught up on the results. The results will look after themselves. If you understand the mindset you're in, you understand the actions that you need to do, the results will take care of themselves. It's always good to be conscious of what is the result you're trying to achieve because that has to be developed at some point as a goal or an objective or whatever it is. But once you've uh, worked backwards and, and sussed out all the activities that you're going to you know, need to do to achieve those individual objectives, then you need to summarize it all and say, for all this to get done in the next period, who do I have to be? What is the mindset I need to bring to this? And if all you ever did is just concentrate on your mindset and share that with the people around you or your mentors or your coach or your team or whoever it is, what you tend to find is you, you achieve all those results and more in that next period. And that plays straight into energy is infectious. Negative That's or positive. In this Absolutely. case, positive. Definitely positive. Excellent. I, I, th- I don't think, I don't have much more to say on this. I don't know about you. Not a lot. I could, uh, as, as usual, we could, we could crap on all day if we wanted. But yeah, we could crap on all day. I would yeah. leave the listeners with one thing. Go out and have a coffee. Do something. Now, other than sitting at your desk or doing whatever you're going to do, go and, have, go and give yourself 20 minutes of bliss. Not working. And a cannoli. And that too. Good Excellent. Anyway. Okay.